Everyone. Wow, what a glorious day we have down here in Atlanta. And I think it's even pretty nice up there in Denver, too. And wherever you are that you are listening, I hope you're having a fabulous day also. I am Deb Creer, and I'm the socialite. I'm passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. But today we're going to deviate a little bit onto a subject that is so very important, um, I think, to virtually everyone. And that's career management, how to look for a career in this new century, all those various things. And so I am delighted today that my guest is Howard Caddy. So welcome, Howard. Good morning, Deborah. Thank you for including me today. Great, great. Well, before we go any further, let me tell everybody a little bit about you. (laughs) Excuse me. Howard had over 30 years of career coaching, recruiting, sales and sales management experience before he founded Career Oyster LLC. While he was a hiring manager for most of those 30 years, his real passion is in helping individuals identify their long-term goals and position themselves to get there. He has extensive experience in coaching job seekers and recruiters in effective career planning, resume writing, interview coaching, and job closing strategies. He has trained over 400 recruiters and thousands of candidates in job-seeking techniques with a true specialty in candidate interview preparation. He has all sorts of degrees, and he's been interviewed by all sorts of people. Um, Howard is also a certified member of the Worldwide Association of Business Coaches and provides executive sales and career coaching to professional clients. And I love the motto of his website, which is, again, Career Oyster. The world is your oyster. Be the pearl. So welcome, Howard. (laughs) You like that, huh? I love it. I love it. You know, and so let's just jump right in because this program is not going to be just about, you know, people who are actively looking for a job. We're going to to talk a lot about that because things really have changed. But, you know, let's talk about proactive career management. Um, You know, what has, you know, why have things really changed? in this century, and, and really even in the last, you know, just couple of years. Yeah, that's a big change, and it's actually been a little more subtle, uh, not unlike large trends. It's actually started in the early, uh, I would say even in 1980 when I first got into recruiting, where okay. you recognize that company loyalty would decline and companies would make business decisions in their own self-interest and people would uh, become a little bit of a reaction or a victim to some of those. And as that has accelerated over the years, it's obvious to everyone now that if you don't take care of your career and your marketability, you could Mm -hmm. be left out in the cold and and in a bad situation, as many people have experienced in the last five years. And even in my own case, I've had to make many uh, several career changes Mm-hmm. and become entrepreneurial, take promotions, and then reinvent myself completely into career uh, coaching five years ago. So unless mm-hmm. you take individual accountability for your career and be proactive about uh, managing it and managing it, marketability and options, you will indeed eventually run into some bumps in the road. And this will only increase as we go forward in the 21st century. Okay. You know, I- 
Now, one of the things that always strikes me is the fact that, you know, we don't typically have a career choice that we're in forever. You know, my husband, I think, is one of those rare individuals who he started with his company right out of college. He's actually, I don't believe, ever done a resume. And he's been there his entire career. But that really is pretty unusual. So what do you see for people who, you know, it's no longer considered job hopping. It's just kind of you change things around. Is that what you see? Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, the, the long-term the, the, uh, long career within a given company, a single company, mm-hmm. is really a rare uh, situation today. And even in major companies like IBM, where I came from or whatever, you back then people didn't leave IBM back in the 70s and 80s, but you can see mm-hmm. today that it's much more fluid and, it, and the careers are much different. But there's pluses and minuses to that. The pluses are to the individual that they are able to uh, control their career and their rewards and their personal initiative, provided they have Mm -hmm. a proactive approach to it and develop the skills. We clearly know that company loyalty is gone, so they make business decisions. Mm -hmm. And likewise, Mm -hmm. individuals must make those decisions, and those decisions mostly should be concerned about marketability of your particular uh, career. There will be increasing project orientation, increasing temporary opportunities, increasing uh, short-term stability within companies and industries. And as these changes move quicker and quicker in life cycles, you must be able to react quickly to protect yourself and your family. Right. Do you see that there are more kind of, as you were talking about, those short-term type of contracts or you know, part-time employment, things like that, rather than somebody who just gets a job and goes in, you know, eight to five and stays there forever? Yeah, I don't see people staying forever. And, I, but, and everything will be looked at more, just like companies look at everything on a, quor- a lot of them on a quarterly basis or an annual basis. Mm-hmm. They look at results that way, and they change strategies, they change products, they change industries, they merge, they diverge, they go out of business, and they restart, rebirth. So as those changes occur with increasing frequency, everyone impacted in those areas has to react. And because of that, everything is looked at more of a what skills do you bring to the table today that will help us accomplish that project, and after that, it's questionable whether you can you uh, have a role in the in the company or not. Now, okay. because of that, you see a lot of uh, project work such as IT consulting and engineering consulting. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of people taking project oriented work. Temporary has become a strategy for many companies where you have a certain number mm-hmm. of temporary positions. A lot of people felt at this point are somewhat underemployed because they can't find full time permanent positions but they might find contract and and project positions. So this is a permanent state of affairs as we uh, are in a global economy today. Right. Now, you know, I work with people specifically on their LinkedIn profiles, and one of the things that, that always concerns many people is that, you know, they might have several current positions at the same time because they might be doing some of these projects and, and things like that. And, you know, it sometimes might look like they're going from job to job to job. From a recruiting standpoint, though, it sounds like they're kind of ex- 
using that, but it, it's not anything that's abnormal anymore. So it's not something that's alarming to them. Am I correct in that? Uh, absolutely, but it's not. It, it, yes, if you, especially if you look at the high tech world where where I have a lot okay. of background, that mm-hmm. that is a case where uh, where people move from company to company in a very short cycle, even a two year cycle in a lot of cases, especially in wow. hotbeds such as Silicon Valley and Boston. But that mm-hmm. trend is also uh, becoming pervasive in all other industries too. <clears throat> but the mm-hmm. key is not so much whether you're a job hopper. Uh, versus uh, making a career change, it's what did you accomplish by that move? Did you increase your marketability? Did you increase your uh, uh, skill set? Did you increase the options that you had, and did you make it proactively for good reasons? Changing Mm -hmm. jobs just for money or just changing jobs to get a change of scenery is probably not helping your marketability. And so Mm -hmm. the real key is to have a proactive career approach to today's world, which is where we started Mm -hmm. out our conversation. Right. Now, is there a formula for someone who, you know, how do they go about creating this proactive approach? Okay, that's a very good, uh, very good question. And actually, there was kind of the the person that did Dilbert uh, comic strips actually makes a comment that Career planning is almost useless because it changes every five years, so you can't really put together a firm plan. But that's that's really not totally true. But if you looked at things in a two- to five-year horizon and okay. you said, okay, what product life cycles are on the rise or what companies are on the rise or what industries are on the rise or where is a given industry or company in its product life cycle, you can predict mm-hmm certain characteristics and advantages that you can achieve by taking a position in that company or that industry. And it doesn't mean that everything has to be in a growth business, but if you look at your career and say, I would like to develop um, more uh, training and education, then a large company would be a great target for you. So choose the right opportunity and choose the Mm -hmm. right industry to pick up the skills that you think will be in demand for at least the next five years and perhaps longer. Certain okay. skills, uh, technologies come and go, right? But other skills mm-hmm. like people skills or product skills or industry skills, they are stay around forever even though they might change an underlying technology or approach. So first you mm-hmm. pick an industry, then you try to f- figure out the role that you would be talented in and position yourself where you always increase your marketability as you go forward. Okay. Well, and you mentioned, sense? you know, it, it does. It's, it's perfect. And, and you know, I think the key things is obviously the increasing of the skills. And to me, that's where I see people kind of flounder is they haven't increased those skills. Um, I was working with someone last week, and they were, you know, actually a fairly young demographic, and they really didn't have a lot of knowledge about just basic Internet skills. So. You know, and and for what they need to go into, that was really going to, to hamper them. How do you work with people to really get them to enhance the skills that they have and gain skills that they might not have that they need? Yes. Um, uh, there's a couple statistics that bear noting, and I think the, oh, the reason that I'm very uh, interested in career coaching for the rest of my career 
is because I see this dramatic shift in need for education on how to market and sell oneself and protect oneself proactively in your career. The number of career, they did a survey, and the number of people that felt their career was off course was 75%. The disengagement factor in companies is over 60% in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. The uh, global competition coming into play dramatically uh, increases the number of people applying for the best positions. And when Mm -hmm. you look at it, the entire hiring process and everything is becoming depersonalized, right? Right. So all these mm-hmm. factors mean that people really must know what makes them marketable. Mm-hmm. And what makes them marketable has to do with certain products, certain technologies, certain expertise, and certain industries. And by looking at where those industries, where those products, and where that expertise is in its product life cycle, you can determine, are those skills worth acquiring or are those skills going to be automated by technology? Or are those skills going to be outsourced to a lower labor market somewhere else? Or Mm -hmm. is that product going to be replaced by different products or different kinds of services that would make me vulnerable to a layoff? So by Mm -hmm. looking at the skills and and product life cycles, one has to try to project with a little education and perhaps some help to what is the trends that are going to be best for me and will guarantee me the most options going forward. Skills Mm -hmm. equals marketability, and marketability gives you dollars, it gives you options, and it actually gives you security because security in today's world is based on having options. Does that make sense? It does, it does. You know, and and one of the statistics that you just mentioned really jumps out at me, and that's the 75% of people think their careers are off course. What the heck right. do those people do? I mean, you know, do most of them just are, you know, say, okay, that's fine. I'm going to stick with that because, you know, they want that security. They want the, the benefits, all those various things. But, you know, if, if, you're, if your career is that far off course, what should you do? Well, you have to take an analysis. of What I do when I, when I run into someone that, that feels their career is off course, the first thing we try to do is identify where what targets would you think you would like to do? Uh-huh. Okay, and usually that is reflective of something they they feel some kind of passion or talent for. And then secondly, mm-hmm. we do an inventory of what skills and marketability and assets do you presently have? Do you have the, some right mm-hmm. background? Have you had some education that we need? Do you have some technology that we need? Have you been positioned in a good in a in a previous company that will help our uh, help our credibility. So then when you get those two, you have a future state and you have a past state. And the trick then is, all right, how do we market ourselves? And and job search is a sales and marketing problem, right? And so how do we market ourselves to take our assets and present them in the best light so that we can win a opportunity that would be appropriate for our goals? Mm-hmm. The problem with most people in their careers is they don't set their goals right. Then they don't target the right opportunities. Instead, they take the next job that comes along, which right. most mm-hmm. people of our generations did, and we kind of floated through different careers a little bit like reactive mode, a little haphazardly. So in mm-hmm. today's world, that's not going to work well. 
you really have to start identifying where you want to be and try to target and network using social media and LinkedIn or whatever ahead of time proactively to get yourself mm-hmm. positioned to be considered in those particular targets. Right. So, did I yeah, answer that all right? Yeah, I, you did. And, and what struck me as you were answering it is the fact that every person should be doing this, you know, whether they're employed, whether they're looking for a job, you know, all of those various things. Because if you're employed, I think you need to really be looking at this to make sure that you're going to continue to be employed. You know, do you have those right skills? Is your industry changing? Um, you know, I, I tell people, they, they'll ask me, you know, say they want to get into a career in public relations. And they don't want to go back to college, but, you know, that's something they want to do. One of the things I suggest to them is, is to volunteer as a great way to, to get more skills. But it really is something that I think every person should be doing all the time is really doing that proactive approach that you mentioned. People fall into um, potholes, career potholes, I call right. them, and they don't mm-hmm. realize it until it becomes really obvious to them. Like you, you brought up the fact that some that people move around a lot more than they did in the past. There's a huge there's a huge mistake of staying too long in the same job because mm-hmm. instead of getting new marketability and new skills, you're repeating yourself. So instead of having four years of experience, you have two years, two times, and that mm-hmm. goes out and hurts you when you're competing for the next job because someone that may have moved to two environments, two cultures, two companies becomes more valuable to the new employer in ah. terms of their exposure mm-hmm. and experience. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And therefore, they have an edge not only in getting the job, but they have an edge in being paid a lot more when they get in there because of, this, of the experience they bring to people, uh, bring to the new employer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's another trend that I'll bring up right here is that many people stayed in their jobs in the past because um, they felt there was a lot of internal promotions and, and opportunities, and in some cases, that's true. And some cases it isn't, but in many cases today, with project work, et cetera, they they may have to look outside a little more often. They mm-hmm. failed to do that in the past during the recessionary periods because there weren't a lot of jobs. That's one issue. There's also mm-hmm. going to be fewer jobs going forward. And the third issue is they couldn't leave because of benefits that they were tied to the company. The new health care right. mandates, however they come out, will allow, and a major impact of that is mobility. It will decouple mm-hmm. benefits, reasonably priced benefits, hopefully, from the <laughs> companies, uh, from the company. And therefore, if someone right. really wants to leave, they know they can at least cover their family on health care and other issues mm-hmm. as opposed to being forced to stay where they are. I personally have experienced this when I tried to hire recruiters in my small company, and we couldn't afford health care mm-hmm. benefits. So this is a big change that's going to occur in the next five years. Great. Well, we are ready to take a break. Um, and when we come back, I obviously want to continue this discussion. And I want to talk about things like, you know, people who are inflating their credentials or, um, you know, uh, the people who I've seen on the opposite end who don't toot their horn enough and, and things like that. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. I am Deb Creer, and I'm talking with Howard Caddy, and we're talking about 2014, uh, how your career should be managed.
Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant Limited time offer 24-month commitment and credit qualification require cancellation fee, auto pay, and paperless billing and other restrictions apply. If you can't see the difference, why pay the difference? Switch to Dish for the best deal in entertainment. Only Dish brings you the best in entertainment for less than $20 a month. Cut the cable and don't get directed. Switch to Dish because at just $19.99, Dish saves you every time you turn on the TV. It's so simple. The same channels cost less with Dish. So since you can't see the difference, don't pay the difference. Switch to Dish for the best deal in entertainment. Get premium movie channels free for three months, starting at just $19.99. Dish saves you every time you turn on the TV. Call now to save with Dish. Dial 1-800-943-9074. That's 1-800-943-9074. The same channels for less than 20 bucks a month. Dish. Call 1-800-943-9074 for details. Have you ever wondered how you could make a difference in someone's life? What if you could help hundreds or even thousands of children? Students in the U.S. rank 32nd in world math skills. It's time for our children to catch up. Become an owner of one of the world's fastest-growing franchises, Mathnasium. Mathnasium is the leading math-only learning center in the U.S. Imagine helping hundreds, even thousands of students in your community improve in school and raise their self-esteem. Call us at 800-783-0798. That's 800-783-0798. We are back. I'm Deb Creer, and I'm talking with Howard Caddy, and we're talking about how you should be managing your career, whether you're currently employed or looking for a job, in 2014. And before we go any further, uh, Howard, please tell everyone how they can find you online and connect with you. Great. Thank you, Deb. Uh, Yes, well, I obviously have a LinkedIn profile under uh, Howard Caddy, as well as a company profile, Career Oyster. And my website is Career. Oyster.com. Our specialty is uh, career transitions, number one, and number two is proactive career management. And you'll see a lot of comments out there on the latest trends and specifically how to some of the problems that people are facing as they proactively steer their careers in the 21st century. Great. Well, we've been talking about those and and. You know, I think we've, we've talked about the fact that things have been outsourced. I mean, you know, that's really scary. Uh, it was funny. I actually had to call a customer service um, today for, for one of my online accounts, and she answered with her name and said, and I am in Idaho, <laughs> which I thought was, was, you know, now, you know, was really pretty cool. But I think that is something that is happening is more and more jobs are, maybe they're not leaving the United States, but they are going to another part of the United States. But obviously many jobs are are going out of the United States. Is there a way, if you think that your career is one of those that might be outsourced, how can you even figure that out? And if so, what the heck do you do about it? Yes. Outsourcing. Okay. So if you, if you really look at 
there was a kind of a very uh, very uh, expert or two or three excellent quotes by uh, Mark Sendandella uh, of the Ladders one day on an article, and I remember them. Mm-hmm. And he, rec- mm-hmm. he recognized the fact that all skills become commoditized over time. And right. what was hard to do yesterday becomes easy today and worthless tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So if skills are not consistently valuable and they pass on from the creator's brains into efficiency of systems, and eventually they become just a series of routine forms and process. At that point, they usually get outsourced because the cost of uh, executing them can be greatly reduced by certain mm-hmm. uh, uh, pools of candidates. So as you right. develop your skills and you start noticing them be automated or you start noticing that they no longer require your expertise or some complexity, you should be alerted that I better upgrade my skills to a higher level of the strategy or the human interface or things that cannot be outsourced. So mm-hmm. any anything, when you think of IT, you think of website development, you think of uh, uh, even LinkedIn, they're so much easier to use now than they were 10 years ago. Right, mm-hmm. And then people that did a lot of that work on websites now have to struggle to find more complex solutions in order to have a project that they, that someone will pay for because you can get mm-hmm. websites for almost free at this point in time. So as you watch right. different technologies, the same is true of logistics, the same is true of automated processes in middle management and, and, and supply chain. And so as you start seeing your particular job get increasingly automated, your choices are either transition more to the people skills, the experiential skills, or the strategy skills, and not the implementation and execution skills. Otherwise, you could Mm -hmm. be automated or outsourced. Right. Well, and I think it's always good for people to be improving and increasing their skills, Um, you know, and, and... To me, sometimes that comes back into what you were saying earlier with what your passions are. You know, you might build widgets, but your passion is to do something different. So if you increase your skills there, then it might be that you can transition your career into that direction. Correct. Correct. Now, there is but, different you know, parts. There's, there's, a, there's an element that we haven't really addressed yet, and that has to do with since everything goes through a product life cycle, and maybe for our viewers, I'll just just mention it, but a product life cycle consists of the uh, the first stage is, is kind of like the R&D and the, and the creative stages, and then it goes through a growth stage, and then it goes into a mature stage where it becomes pretty well established, but and it's more price competitive, and there's a lot of competitors, and there's certain dominant players, and then it goes into a declining stage uh, where, where the product is being uh, just uh, extended and it's and it's going down and being replaced by other products, services, or industries. And so mm-hmm. this is a marketing concept of how you strategize pricing and promotion, et cetera. And it works for products, services, industries, companies. It works for mm-hmm. countries. Certain countries are on the rise. Certain countries are in right. decline. Mm-hmm. So these are the realities we deal with. Now, there's another product life cycle that no one thinks about. And that has to do with your personal career life cycle. We are go through ah. the same process. So certain mm-hmm. jobs become very important on the front end of our career 
to build skills and marketability. And as we mm-hmm. mature, picking the right opportunities to make sure we accelerate to management or more responsibility or higher paying jobs is important. That's a targeting and a, and, and a uh, goal-setting type of uh, process. And then you mm-hmm. have the mature part of your life cycle where you're supposed to be getting the maximum ROI or balance of life. And then later, as you go to the senior circuit, you might really want to do some passion work where you have the ability mm-hmm. and the, the, maybe the family's taken care of, the other parts are taken care of, and you now can focus on doing something for fun in a small environment, et cetera. So you see the same mm-hmm. jobs that are appropriate for me right now were not the jobs I took in the early parts of my career. And so people right. have to really look at themselves a little bit as to say, what is the balance that's appropriate for me for, for at this point in my life and at this point in my uh, career skill set? Mm-hmm. I think that one of the problems comes in the fact that so many people are in that desperation mode, whether it's I have to keep my job and I can't look anywhere else because I absolutely have to have that paycheck or I'm out of work and I'm desperate and I have to, you know, I I have to take whatever comes up. How do you talk with people who are like that? Because we do want them to find their, their passion, their bliss, you know, all of those things. But what do you, what do you say to the people who think there really is no other choice for them? Okay. Yeah. There's, I run and I coach people like this all the time. I've coached people when they're, so let's take the two situations. We have somebody that's in a position where they're not doing what they want to do and they, mm-hmm. um, they'd like to get out, right? That's the person, doesn't right. even, maybe they don't even know their options, right? They, they, need, they might need mm-hmm. a career coach to tell them what their options are. That's why mm-hmm. what I do. The second thing is they might be selectively looking and say, I wish I could find the right spot, but I don't know how to get there. So you could work on, on that and point out to them their marketability factors and their particular uh, cavities, things that need to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And what happens is uh, people don't really look at themselves objectively in terms of what's marketable. They look at themselves in terms of what their experience and their accomplishments and their pride is, which is very uh, uh, noble, but that doesn't mean it's marketable. So when Mm -hmm. you sit down with someone like that, you try to identify their assets, career assets, their marketability, and then you have to make a realistic plan to get them there proactively, and it might have to be over a period of time or a Mm two-step. So that's how you would handle someone work uh, like that. Someone Mm -hmm. who is uh, unemployed has a different issue. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out what ramp time do we have to work with. If they're out of Mm -hmm. money and out of funds, you might have to have a two-step plan that says, we need to get some cash first and then work on a career plan where we okay. might have to take a, a, a uh, port in the storm job to do things to keep your bills paid, and then mm-hmm. let's put some education and training and some other things on the side and some networking in place that will allow us to try to uh, upgrade and move our skills forward. So those are the right. two strategies that you can use in, in simple terms. I mean, there's a lot of nuances mm-hmm. to them. In simple terms, but you have to first protect the cash flow and the finances of that person to some degree, because otherwise their entire life will get impacted in in usually negative manners. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and and I think that's you know that the whole money issue is obviously that the probably the heart of almost every matter. But I love the fact that you said you know it's it's okay to take that kind of stopgap position 
Um, you know, and and yeah, you're still looking for your bliss and your and your passion, but you have to eat and you have to pay the bills. So it's okay to take those positions. Um, you know, I've talked with people who, you know, I told one person, I said, you know, you may have to go work at Walmart or something like that because you absolutely have to pay your bills and, and kind of remove that stress of how do we pay those bills while you're thinking about what you want to do. And, you know, do you see more and more people kind of taking those kind of positions where it is something like that? Oh, of course. In fact, if you look at uh, the latest uh Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, I just looked uh, at April's, and there's a huge number of people that are in temporary or are considered themselves underemployed, and there's a mm-hmm. measure of that which is much higher than your unemployed market. Your unemployment rate might be, I think it was 6% or so, 6%, mm-hmm. 6% mm-hmm. plus, and the underemployed market is close to twice that. So those people have been forced to take positions and uh, that would just, you know, pay the bills at that point in time. Mm -hmm. But the the real problem that people get into is when they're so busy working, if they don't have a plan or or a strategy to work their way out of it, it it just drags on and on, and all of a sudden they lose any of their marketability. So the sooner they can Mm -hmm. get some advice and a strategy on how to work their way through this, the better off they are. Most people will do not contact a coach until they're really mm-hmm. in a desperate state. One of the things that I focus on is trying to proactively uh, address people while they're in an employed situation where they have time to think it through and be able to mm-hmm. do the right focus and targeting to get to where they need to be. Right. Well, we've kind of mentioned the fact that, you know, as you're employed, you need to be thinking about what's going to happen in five years. And, and um, you know, that's, that's definitely where having a coach would come in handy. You know, and, and maybe that person says, hey, you're great, and, and there's really nothing that needs to be worked on. Most of the time, my guess is that's not going to be the answer. Um, you know, because, as you mentioned, technology changes, you know, jobs change, industries change. Uh, you know, the, the great example you gave were websites. You know, people who developed websites and charged thousands of dollars for them just a handful of years ago now you can't really do that, and and so many of those people didn't make that transition, and are in a completely different line of work now. Even though that was something that they loved doing. Right. Yes. the uh, The other thing is, when I was in recruiting for many years, uh, I would always find that eighty percent of the people would be open to opportunities. So even someone whose career is on track. One mm-hmm. of the things they should do is, if they're really a fast tracker and a high potential person, they should always be out on LinkedIn, as you mentioned. They should always right. be open to different uh, recruiting, professional recruiter or search firms to keep eyes out for them. And if they're that mm-hmm. marketable, those kinds of firms and agents can help them find an even mm-hmm. better opportunity so that they're moving ahead of the curve rather than when they the opportunities will come to them a little bit more often than uh, them having to keep uh, uh, pursuing them. Right. You know, and, and I had someone that I was talking to one time that had that happen to him. He absolutely loved his job. You know, it was a fairly senior-level position, but, you know, that didn't matter. It was something that he loved doing, but he had his LinkedIn profile very current. He still, you know, he went in and, and sent out updates fairly often, all those things. And he caught a recruiter's attention, and they contacted him and said, hey, so we'd like to talk to you about this position. And he told them, you know, I love where I am, really not looking, 
And they, they said, you know, come and talk to us anyway. And it turns out he changed. He did go ahead and, and take that new position because it was something that he hadn't even really considered. But given that opportunity, he couldn't pass it up. And, and so, you know, I love those type of career seekers who are the passive type of people. And to me, you're right, that, that should be everybody. You know, even if it's that you look at what you're doing and go, okay, I'm fine with staying where I am. I think it's nice to kind of see what's out there if there's other opportunities. You don't know what you don't know. So you should always right. be open to meeting someone and interviewing. And the more mm-hmm. you get educated, then you can make an intelligent decision of whether that fits into a plan or give you a new path that you hadn't seen called opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and he really had never considered, you know, changing. It was something that, you know, when they broached it to him, they all oh, that little tickle started, and then he really thought this is is pretty cool. And and uh, you know, and, and I really tell people, you know, you have to have your ducks in a row all the time. You know, you can't be posting negative things on Facebook because somebody might see it, or you know, you have to keep your LinkedIn profile current um, because you never know when those opportunities will will come. Well, it, I mean, I have a hundred, uh, hundreds of stories like that where I place people in situations they didn't see coming. But the, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, even in my own case, with an engineering and computer design background, I saw certain trends that that it would be more automated, et cetera. So I went into the sales side with IBM, and then I left IBM mm-hmm. to go into recruiting, which I never saw coming. And I had a great mm-hmm. career in recruiting for a long period of time. Right. And now I've flipped mm-hmm. over to coaching. So even in my mm-hmm. own, and I've sold software in between, but they were all related to different elements around the business that I knew, which was technology, hardware, software, mm-hmm. and, and et cetera. And it, it, it gave me uh, many, many options. And so most people have a lot more options than they know about. They just don't know how to analyze their skills and figure out how to innovate. Innovation, a lot mm-hmm. of times, is reapplying your skills to a different role, to a different part of ah. a product cycle, to a different part of a uh, of a company, or to a different culture or size of company. So there's mm-hmm. many people that I would put into different environments and different product life cycles that would give them the innovative uh, jolt that makes the job fun, and it adds mm-hmm. to their marketability. Right. Well, you know, it it is something that, you know, I think people tend to avoid, you know, especially if they are working, they're going to keep their head down and they're not going to think, oh, you know, what's what's out there? I don't I don't want to deal with it. Are there online, you know, how we've talked about the fact that people really need to be paying attention to those. But, you know, is it that they're continually reading online about what's going on with their industry or taking classes, you know, all of those things? How do you work with people to really convince them that they have to keep up on what's going on in their world and you know not be ostriches with their head buried in the sand? I think um, in today's technology, keeping up with trends, doing a couple of Google searches once a month or mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, is pretty easy. Putting together some news feeds, RSS feeds, et cetera, in certain places mm-hmm. would be good. LinkedIn groups gives you some updates and different kinds of topics. I go to two mm-hmm. or three seminars or webinars, I would say maybe two webinars a week probably on different topics that are of interest right. to me where they come at me with an email or something. So it's not mm-hmm. too hard to kind of pick up on some things. 
On the job side, you can put agents out there on Indeed and on LinkedIn and whatever that if certain jobs came up, you'd at least see what companies or what someone's doing. And Mm -hmm. what I would do is to proactively, what I advise my clients to do is if there's certain group of companies that are in your industry, because industry is a major marketable factor. It's much easier to to find a lot of roles within your industry than it is to switch industries in in some cases. Mm And if you had, if you know your industry has these couple hundred companies, you should be uh, connecting to all those people on LinkedIn and kind of hanging around their web, uh, their LinkedIn profiles a little bit, so that your mm-hmm. name is shows up there. Kind of like hanging around right. the booth at a trade fair, and everybody mm-hmm. says, "Oh, who's this person?" Okay, and after a while, you mm-hmm. get to be known, and all those opportunities come to you. Recruiters certainly, ninety-five percent of the recruiters use LinkedIn as their main source of finding people, so they'll start knowing Mm -hmm. who you are. So I think there's some things like that that aren't overly time-consuming, and you may say, look, I have to spend the next two years in this company to to satisfy a goal, so you don't have to actively be applying to jobs, but you can be doing some Mm -hmm. things to keep abreast so that you're ready. All right, cool. Well, we are ready to take our last break before the the last section, Um, and when we come back, I want to talk about you know, if for people in the job market, what are things that, that that have changed in the last five, ten, you know, even two years? You know, what are those skills? What are those new technologies? Things like that that they need to be aware of. So I'm Jeff Creer, and I'm talking with Howard Caddy, and we are on Mile High Radio. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant I'm not ashamed to say My old hat. Hey everyone, have you heard about the no-no hair removal device that's sweeping the globe? If you want to go weeks without shaving and get smooth, professional, quality results, here's our favorite host, Cheryl, for no-no hair removal. Thanks. Hey, gals, I love talking about my no-no. It's this cute little hair removal system that you can take with you and use almost anywhere at home or on the road. No more expensive in-office treatments, painful waxing, and no more wasting your valuable time. Got unwanted facial hair? No-no has patented Thermacon technology that works on all hair and skin colors, so it's perfect for using on all body parts. And now you can take advantage of this incredible risk-free trial. Get the no-no, the facial kit, a travel case, and a $100 discount shopping card, and you don't risk a penny to try it. Try the incredible no-no hair completely risk-free. Call 1-800-953-8386. That's 800-953-8386. 800-953-8386. 150 million people suffer from headaches. All you want is for the pounding in your head to stop. Migralex stops the pounding. Migralex was developed by a neurologist and founder of the New York Headache Center. I'm neurologist Dr. Alex Mauskop. After studying and researching the human brain for 25 years, I've developed Migralex, which eliminates pounding headaches. It works for my patients, and I'm so convinced it will work for you. I don't just guarantee it. I put my name on it. Dr. Mauskop's Migralex gets rid of headaches fast without harsh caffeine, sodium, or preservatives. Migralex works unbelievably fast and 
and it's gentle on my stomach. Find out how to get your free bottle of Migralex. Call 800-547-6279. Plus, if you're one of the first 100 callers, you'll also receive the Migralex Quick Tips to Headache Relief absolutely free. That's 800-547-6279. Or go to MigralexRelief.com. M-I-G-R-A-L-E-X Relief.com. Or call 800-547-6279. My We are back. I'm Deb Creer, and I'm talking with Howard Caddy, and we're talking about career management in 2014. And in our final section today, I really want to talk about and, and two people who are in the job market looking for a, you know for something right now. You know, I haven't. I've, I've owned my own business now for 15 years, so I haven't looked for a job in quite a long time. And I'm sure things have changed. But I'm sure things have changed really just even from last year. You know, you mentioned the fact, uh, Howard, that. of recruiters used LinkedIn. You know, what are some other things that people who might not have looked for a job in the last five years really need to to be aware of? Oh, I think it's uh, huge, Deb. When I, um, I was in recruiting for, uh, from since 1980 and ran my own business for 10 years up until 2009 when the market really fell off a cliff a little bit. And I mostly did permanent placement and the job market has changed so much at that point to the present that that's when I flipped to coaching because I would have told you back then maybe 10 or 20% of the people need some help figuring it out Mm -hmm. in job search. And now I would tell you, having been out here five years, that probably 70% of the people need help. And why Mm -hmm. the market has changed dramatically because of global impacts, economic impacts, technology impacts, all of which have changed the the opportunities, the competition, as well as the hiring process. So if you mm-hmm. think of the hiring process today, uh, it is extremely depersonalized. You right. send in resumes to postings like 300 mm-hmm. other Buffalo. They all look mm-hmm. alike. There were the uh, young recruiter in there who scans for a couple of keywords put you in the A or B pile in 15 seconds, and no one ever calls you unless you're lucky enough to get one of those calls. There's a Mm -hmm. reality that that recruiter never finds the five best candidates. They find the first five candidates, and then they send them to the hiring manager. So for many people, that strategy won't work. If you have a pure pedigree background, you might get through the grid. If you have all the right keywords, you might get picked up by the computer. And you got, might get a phone call from the from the uh, from the recruiter, and then you better mm-hmm. win on that phone call to get yourself a face to face. So there's a, you can see the process is overcomplicated, very uh, depersonalized, and it consists of two halves of the game. It consists of the paper game with a resume, and it consists mm-hmm. of the interview game where you have to play American Idol, and if you have to win both those games. So right. the problem we have with many people today in looking for jobs is they're really not the resumes. When I review them, 50% of them shouldn't even be sent out, and most of them are written in the past tense as traditional oh, resumes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Make sense? Right. Yeah. I had done this. I accomplished this. Things like that. Yes. And what happens is the past tense resumes are historical biographies. Mm-hmm. But that has nothing to do with the job you may be going toward. So, therefore, the ah. resume inadvertently sells you out of being out of consideration. Mm-hmm. So what I write is a forward-looking resume, which is one that looks at where we're trying to get to and packages the background to get us there. Okay. Now, that has, that's involved with setting goals. That's involved with what mm-hmm. makes me marketable. That's involved with mm-hmm. getting my messages right so that my resume reflects what I want to do and have done as well as my interviewing then allows me to present myself with a strong enough delivery to win the game. Interviewing the most qualified person doesn't always win the position. It's the person that interviews the best, and that can be mastered. So, you know, how do we, you know, you you mentioned the fact that it's very depersonalized. How do Mm -hmm. you get to that next step? You know, how do you even get noticed? And, you know, I tell people, that's the big part of social media. You know, you want to make those connections so that, sure, you apply online, but then you've made a connection who's going to go into that hiring manager or that, you know, that department chair and say, hey, I, I really think you should look at this person's resume. How, how do we get past the fact that, you know, for a position that 10 years ago, 20 people applied for, and now it's 2,000? And how do we bridge that gap? You don't play the game. So if you have a background and you're trying to do a transition or you're trying to do something where your background may not be the most competitive or whatever, you can mm-hmm. apply to that job, but that's not where you, that's where most people stop. They apply and they expect right. that somehow they'll get through that game. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I won't play that game. If you aren't marketable or a pedigree background, you must go directly to the managers and network and get yourself some exploratory meetings. Or you go to the hidden market, which happens to be about five times larger than the posted market, right? Mm -hmm. So the reality is if you make connections proactively, as we've been talking during our session today, and you start networking with the right people, you can buy Starbucks coffees for some people and get them to help you pull your way through the process and get yourself Mm -hmm. an audience. And a referral is always looked at, right or wrong, as a stronger candidate than a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So you must put some per, uh, personality. This is a sales process. And a sales pro, a salesperson understands that they have got to go past purchasing or go past the roadblocks to get to the decision maker. The hiring manager mm-hmm. is the decision maker. I have my, my number one rule for job seekers is very simple. There are no rules. Your goal <laughs> is to get yourself in front of the right person at the right time. Mm-hmm. Now you have to come up with a strategy and a way of professionally presenting yourself to accomplish that. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. It takes some training and, and some, a little bit of courage to get some of this done. Mm-hmm. But when you do it, all of a sudden, you have a huge advantage over the process. Right. Well, and, and you mentioned the fact that there's no rules. And, you know, so many times people have told me, you know, I, I applied, but it says no phone calls. Or... You know, they told me they'll call me back within a week, and I haven't heard from them. What do I do? And I say, you call them. <laughs> you know? but, well, they, but they told I would, me I not would just to. A lot of people to review my website because I list most of the myths out there about job search mm. and what the rules that are self-limitations by people. They have nothing right. to do with reality for whatever reason. They have mm-hmm. self-limited themselves, and they become prevailing opinions. I call them mm-hmm. prevailing opinions and myths. 
The thing about prevailing opinions is is that they are prevailing. It has nothing to do with whether they're right or not. Right. Well, and, you know, I, I understand why the job posting might say no phone calls, please. But the funny sure. thing is most people will follow that, and they won't make the phone call. So, you know, I guess I always see it as a positive when you take the initiative and make that phone call and say, you know, it's, it's typically a little further on in the process. You know, they don't want to be annoyed with the, hey, did you get my resume type of phone calls. But, you know, if you did interview and they said, we'll follow up with you, and then they don't, I think it's perfectly acceptable to call them and or pop them an email or a real card, you know, send them something in the mail. Um, I think it's perfectly acceptable to do that. And and is are those ways that you see that are, are ways to kind of stand out from the crowd? Absolutely. The manager doesn't care about all that. What does the manager care about? Who is the filling right the job to fill my job that I can that I like chemistry wise? He fits on the team mm-hmm. and he has the right qualifications. There's lots of people that can fit that bill. And therefore, the manager just wants to see that person. He doesn't care how it came to him. Right. You know, and, and to me, that's where LinkedIn especially is, is a big benefit because, you know, once you get that big network and, and you know, you can connect with people, you know, you can, you can connect with somebody at, say, ABC company and say, I've, I've applied for a position, you know, would you talk to me about it? And, and I tell people, be specific. You know, don't just say, hey, can you give me help? Because then, you know, they're they're going to ignore you. But you know, and obviously, you want it to be a good connection and not just somewhere out of the blue. I've certainly got those type of connections where they've contacted me and said, "I applied for a job at X, and I see you're connected with so and so there. Can you help me?" And it's somebody I've never heard of before, so I'm typically not going to help them. But it's all about building those relationships with people and and doing it far enough in advance so that when you do have to reach out to them, they're not going. Who are you, and are you just contacting me because you want something? That's correct. It's a, it's a, it's an ongoing proactive strategy. And then there's a there's mm-hmm. a there's a lot of technique to it, just like there is technique in sales, right? Sales training is a mm-hmm. is a pretty uh, sophisticated business. But if you right. understand a couple simple things about how to understand uh, understand your marketability, how to present your marketability, and then the value you bring to the table, people will not. Uh, will will be able to present themselves more positively. I've seen it happen with mm-hmm. all kinds of people that are technology people or accounting people or or mm-hmm. you know administrative people, and their their confidence level goes up dramatically once they see the picture mm-hmm. of what they bring to the table and and where they can contribute to a company. Most people right. don't learn how to do that, so they're intimidated mm-hmm. by the process. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I think sometimes uh, it it helps to have a mentor. Talk to us about what the importance of a mentor is and how to find a good mentor. Do you mean a mentor for finding a job or a mentor in a company? Um, in, well, of course, we only have See, a couple minutes. There's a difference in my opinion guess. between a mentor and a coach. Right. A mentor, you, mm-hmm. you have, can bounce ideas off of it, et cetera, and you can, can uh, get some input, but you drive the agenda. Uh, a right. coach is what they really need when they're looking for a job because they really do okay. not understand the process or the marketability right. factor. So they need mm-hmm. someone that actually gives them the, the calls and plays for them and lays mm-hmm. out the goals, the targets, the environment, the skills, the marketability, the messages, the delivery, the mm-hmm. timing. I strategize with my clients all day long when they have an interview process on exactly what is our step in the first meeting, what's the second meeting, 
and all exactly how to say it. Well, that, they don't know how to do that, so they're not comfortable with it. So they really need a coach to tell them the process and how to do it with their specific background and goals. Uh, that's what that's that's the difference to me versus a mentor who listens, and then they they'll ask me to tell me, well, how would you handle this? And you give them an opinion, but they really control the agenda. Whereas in career coaching, I have a process and a program where where I understand who they are, but I control the the play calling like a coach of a football mm-hmm. team or anything right. else. Right. Well, and to me, in a lot of cases, a mentor is kind of that friend type of person. But the coach is going to be the person who tells you the, the, the hard truth, um, you know, and, and things like that. So I think that's definitely where there's a distinct advantage to having a coach. Yes. And then, you know, people do a lot of networking among these uh, groups and whatever. You have to be a little careful because there's a lot of opinions out there that, that are just passe and, and uh, I'm quite the contrarian, actually. Of, of the past ten of the past uh, job search approaches, they they become ingrained as if the as if they're uh, you know forever truths, and they're not. The market has changed dramatically in the last five years, and if you don't approach it differently, you're going to you're going to run into walls, and I see it all the time. Wow. Well, you know, amazingly, Howard, we have filled the hour, and I think we've really just scratched the surface of this. So I definitely want to have you back on. Because I do want to talk about, you know, some of, of how we might use more social, uh, you know, some things like that. But one last time, tell people how they find you online and how they connect with you. All right. Thank you, Deb. I've uh, enjoyed talking with you today. Um, my email is howard at careeroyster.com. My website, is the easiest way to get to me, is careeroyster.com. And you can then see my LinkedIn, and you can apply for my free webinar series as well as a free consultation if you are interested in some personal career advice. I give a free 45-minute consultation with anyone looking at their career, looking at what they're trying to do, and then giving them a plan so that they can uh, make an informed decision about whether they need some coaching to help them along. Be glad to do that. Great. Thank you for your time today. Perfect, perfect. Well, and as Howard says, the world is your oyster. Be the pearl. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have an enjoyable and absolutely fabulous day, and we will talk with you next week. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.